Welcome to the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Thank you for joining our weekly discussion around grief, mental health, and overall personal wellness. The Grief Bully Podcast will serve as a vehicle to help you navigate life's journey. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the podcast with anyone in your life that you think it will help. Let's bully grief together. What's up? What's up? What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Today is Monday, June the 1st, and we are back in the studio. Episode 42, I think. I think we're at episode 42 already. I've had a couple solo rounds, and I am back in the studio today, and I do have a guest. We are remote, though, still practicing social distancing. And actually, (laughs) with this guest, even if we weren't socially distancing, I would not be able to have her in the studio because (laughs) she is in Australia. So I have with me today, Natasha. We fortunately connected not too long ago, really recently on social media, Instagram, and she reached out to me and we were connecting. I'm like, man, I, I would love to have you on the show. Let's make it happen. And I didn't know it would be this soon, but that worked out. So welcome to the Griefully Podcast. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am doing well. I am hanging in there with all things considered that's going on in the world right now. So, you know, we're trying to do that. So you have a lot of great things going on. You have a, a women's empowerment movement. I, I might I know it's not. I don't think empowerment is in it. It's it's women's. Unity. <laughs> Unity. I knew it was something along the lines. But it's about empowering, so still the same thing. <laughs> yeah. When I said it, I'm like, Dad, I don't, I don't think that's exactly <laughs> what it is. So, yeah, we've been connecting and just talking and just sharing love and light with each other. And I think that's an amazing thing. And unfortunately, we both have lost our father. And so I thought it would be cool to have you come on and just kind of speak about your experience. We could just have an open dialogue about it. I know it's been recent, so mm-hmm. to your comfort level, I know that sometimes that's a, it's a hard thing, but also sometimes we feel empowered by actually talking about it. So we'll just have back and forth dialogue. If I cut you off, it's only because I have a question and I don't want to lose track of it and, and then not get a chance no, to ask. So I know you said you lost your father. What was that experience like? Was that here in, in the, the U.S. Or, or in Australia? So I actually was out in New York. It was like the last week of February. And my stepmom had reached out to me and was like, your dad's really, really sick. He needs to go to the hospital. He's refusing to go. Um, He just doesn't want to cooperate. He's not eating. He's not drinking. Um, He's basically bedridden. So I'm all the way in New York. And I'm just thinking like, what am I going to do when I can't get a flight out? So I'm like, I'm going to be back in about two or three days time. I then came back to Australia and literally got a car and went to go check on him because he wasn't answering his phone. So I'm thinking like, what's going on? My dad always has two phones on him. Neither of them are answering. They're both dead. I'm thinking like, is he alive? What's going on? So I basically drive to his place. It was about a 40 minute drive. Um, couldn't get in the house. So basically I'm told that he's basically bedridden. Can't even get up to go to the door to wow. open the door. So I'm like, listen, we need to break the window, whatever it is. I just need to get inside that house and make sure that he's alive. So there was so much fear in me because me knowing how sick he was, I was preparing for the worst, Um, but also trying to still stay positive. We get into the house and it was, my dad was a very clean, neat person. The house was in the worst state I've ever seen it. Um, I get to his room and I just dropped to my knees. I collapsed to my knees because he... It's still the thought, it's still in my head. Like he's basically on this bed, 
turned to a side, like squished up like a little kid or an old man. The bed is covered in urine and blood and the room just stinks. Yeah. Come to find out that he hadn't actually left the bed for over a week. Wow. He hadn't walked in over a week. He wasn't eating. He wasn't drinking. He had, um, you know, like uh, bruises on his head and a cut because he'd obviously tried to walk, but it was collapsed, kept collapsing. He couldn't even get out the bed to find his phone charger, charge his phone to call anyone. Wow. So no one knew what exactly was going on with him. Um, and then when I saw him, it was crazy because, you know, my dad was slim, but he had meat on him. He'd lost every single piece of meat on him. He was so malnutrition, like he lost everything. Like he just was bones. I couldn't even like carry him to lift him up from the bed to, to help support him because he just flopped. He just kept flopping. So I was crying. I'm like, dad, you need to call the ambulance. Like you need to go. Like he's very, very stubborn, a typical ethnic thing, of course. Yeah. So I'm like, listen, like I'm going to call the ambulance. You have to go like, please don't refuse it because over here, I'm not sure about there, but over here, if you call the ambulance and the patient refuses it, they'll just go. They yeah, won't same. assist you. So I was like, please, I'm begging, I'm crying, I'm begging, I'm like hysterical, I'm like, you need to go. I'm like, this could be the end and I'm really scared, you need to get help. And then he agreed, he said he wouldn't call the ambulance. So I had no idea if he was going to call or not, I cancel or not, because that's my, how my dad was. Like, he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then towards the end, he would just be like, no, I'm not doing it. So they came and basically they're telling me that um, they think he has a puncture in his uh, right lung because of the way he was positioned on the bed. And um, I'm not knowing what's going on. Like, has he got cancer? Like, what is the situation? Because he was an alcoholic. He would drink one to two bottles of wine every night. Mm -hmm. um, he didn't really eat much. He was a very heavy smoker. So at this point, I'm thinking, like, this is the end. This is the end. Uh, we went to hospital. He had tests done. For a week and a half, he was in hospital. And it was quite bad. Um, the last time I'd actually seen him was a Sunday. And that was the only time out of the whole time he was in hospital that I thought he's going to make it. He's actually fighting back. He actually, I feel like he stands a chance. Two days later, he passed. And it's just wow. crazy because it's like, you know, you never know when it, I mean, like, obviously, you know, like, I believe that when it's your time, it's your time. But it's hard to actually digest that when something so traumatic happens that when I got the call, I just, I just couldn't believe it. I actually, I, I was like, are you serious? Am I dreaming? Am I awake right now? And I just couldn't believe that he was actually gone. Yeah, that's that's a lot, especially being in the, the other side of the world when you know that that's yep. happening and, and having to get there well, not knowing what's happening, I'm sorry, and then having to try to get there and then to what you saw, I'm sure that's, that's a traumatic experience and something that, like you said in there, you still have it in your head. And even for people who has been years, that's in your head. So with the wound being so fresh, I commend mm -hmm. you for even talking about it and telling about it. What has been the most difficult part of it now since since February and now we're in, I think we're, we're in May. I'm sorry, it's all starting to run together yeah. with being home so much. <laughs> for me, it was like, first off, going back to his house. Like, while he was in the hospital, like going back to his house to get him clothes or to mm. get him things he needed. Like, it, that smell just like, it was like lingered, stuck in my nose for so many days and just, going back into his room, thinking about what I had saw, the state that I'd seen him in. Um, and then again, when he passed, and then going back to get a suit for him for his funeral, going through his stuff, like that was, because everything obviously is so quick. You have to get a suit, you got to do the funeral. Everything's quite quick within the time of them passing. So having to do that all over again and keep going back to the house and, you know, that experience and, you know, smelling his cologne or just different memories, it's just so hard to deal with. So 
it was definitely that. And then also naturally having regrets. As we all do, we feel like, you know, I wish I had more time or I wish I could have done this differently or I wish I'd done that or, you know, I wish I'd answered every call he, he made or I wish I didn't travel as much. There's different things that go through your head, but obviously having regrets, you just can't have them. It, it, I mean, you're entitled to have it, but you can't think like that. You know, the time has passed. You have to deal with the now and it's just, that's the biggest thing is having those regrets and constantly just, um, again, that traumatic experience in my head. Like I've dealt with in passing. I I'm, I agree he's in a better place and I definitely am happy he's no longer suffering. And I believe he's, you, sorry, you're united with his parents, but still just not having enough time with him. That's like the biggest thing that I'm trying to deal with. And like also small things like not having any voicemails of his, like he would always call me every day I'd have voice messages, but obviously they expire. So just might be able to hear his voice. I feel like for me personally, it would be easier if I could hear his voice, you know, when I'm sad or whatever, it's not just photos in my house. I could actually hear his voice and it would just, yeah, it's just hard to deal with. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I know that recently I've, I've looked at some, some videos that had my dad's voice and it was the actual opposite. Mm-hmm. It was, well, it was both. It was very shocking because even though I hit play on a video, I wasn't, fully prepared, I guess. But then hearing it, it just like rushed all the feelings back of just feeling like, man, like, I really, really miss this person. Like, this is this is terrible. But at the same time, like you're saying, to be able to have that is is a really hard thing. How do you think you'll do you think it's important to I want to say like find closure? Like, do you believe in closure with things? Because I've, I've I'm a little indifferent when it comes to, to grief with that. I'm just curious as far as saying that you didn't have enough time and all those things like how will you be able to move forward if you if you for, for me personally would be just to continue being me and continue doing what I'm doing like I've, I've always been a very ambitious hardworking person but now with my movement everything that I do that is my closure because my dad my dad never failed to tell me how party wasn't me like he wouldn't know exactly every single you know what this feature I was doing was about but he knew that I was helping people he knew that I had that passion. He knew that I was making big changes. So he would constantly tell me like, Natasha, like, I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Or I saw this feature. I saw this. I watched this video. Like, I'm so proud of you. So for me, it's like, I want to keep going even harder to make him proud. And that just drives me, you know, because that's what I want to do is obviously you want to make your parents proud. And I was always daddy's girl. Everyone knows that I was my dad's favorite. I don't oh. my sister and I. So everyone knows that. And I literally look like my dad too. So it's just like all of that. I just want to just go even harder, hustle even more just to make him proud. And for me, I feel like that would make, give him closure, because, give me closure because he would want to see me as a strong, happy person I am. Of course, he's probably watching me think like she's always crying, but he remembers me as being really strong, you know, having survived a lot of adversity. So he would want to see that side of me. And that's what I want to continue portraying is just, keep working hard and making him happy so I feel like that would be my closure yeah that's awesome and I hope that that you all that are out there listening that you feel inspired and encouraged and motivated because of that where you see two people who have unfortunately experienced deep loss and we've channeled that into our livelihoods and just being able to continue to motivate and push forward you talked about him seeing you crying have you cried a lot is crying a big part of your grief experience your mourning process or Definitely. Um, it can just throw me off guard. I could hear a song that we listened to and I'll start crying. Or I have photos of him in my house. So I don't always cry when I look at them. But there's just different times that I do cry. I really miss him. Like I could go to sleep crying. I could wake up crying. 
it could just be any period of time. I just, you know, obviously dealing with that grief and like just really missing him, but it's gotten a little bit easier. Um, I feel like, I don't know. I mean, I haven't healed. I'm obviously still in a lot of pain and, uh, you know, grieving, but at different times it's a little bit easier. And it's just a reminder of like being like, okay, like you can't be so selfish. I want, I would wish I had more time with him, but it was his time to go. He was really sick. You know, he was really in a lot of pain and suffering. So it's selfish of me to be like, I wish he had lived longer because he'd be living for me, not for him. So I feel like that's really important too, is that to remember as well that as much as we want them around, we don't want to see them going through what they went through. You know, like I remember my dad being in hospital and every time he was in pain, he would just be tapping on the bed, knocking on the bed and so much pain. And, you know, and it's just like, you feel so helpless. It's like, you want to help that person but there's nothing you can physically do for them. You can't, you know, administer any more medication. Like you can't do anything. So for me, the crying has got a little bit easier, but I mean, I still cry nearly every day and I don't know how long that will go for. It's just a part of the grieving process, I think. Yeah, I definitely think it's a part of the process that I don't think a lot of us allow ourselves to do though. I think it's, sometimes it looks more so as like a sign of weakness and that we shouldn't be in that state. But at the same time, I think there's great power in your tears to be able to allow yourself to, to feel those emotions and to have them. Because like you said, it can be anything that makes you get into that emotional state where you feel the tears coming. And sometimes right. I, I'm guilty of that where I, I won't let myself cry because say not now because we're working from home, but when I was out working or driving, I would be like, oh, no, you know, I have an appointment. I have things I have to do. I can't cry right now. So I've been working on just yeah. letting that happen when it's going to happen and not trying to, like, suppress it because I don't want to. I use I use the word feel out of control, if that makes sense, and not in control of, of my yeah. being. So I have a question for you. I asked a lot of my guests this, actually pretty much all of them. If you had to choose a color for your grief, what would it be and why? Color. I would probably say navy blue because that's one of my dad's favorite colors. So whenever I, I, I mean, I always like the color, but I wouldn't like wear it all the time. Or I wouldn't love it, but that's the color that represents my dad. Like it was a color that he really loved. So whenever I see that color, I think of that color. It just makes me feel, think of him. Just, he was a salesman. He, I mean, he works for a menswear company. So he's always suited up. Yeah. So when I think of navy blue, I just think of him presented, you know, immaculately in a navy blue suit and not in the way that I saw him in the duration of him being in hospital. I just think of him as as I remember him, you know? Yeah, that's a beautiful answer. I think that's I think it's awesome. I don't know mm -hmm. if anyone's mentioned about the their loved one and them wearing something and it and it being representative of that. So that's an awesome thing there for sure. So I was wondering too, what I don't know how to present present this question per se, but I'm kind of going in a direction of, as I've found myself thinking about this lately, what do you foresee being the thing that you miss the most or you'll miss out on the most because you lost your father young? Because I've been thinking about that a lot for myself. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm 34 and I don't have my dad and, you know, X, Y, and Z hasn't happened yet in my life. So, you know. Yeah. For me, definitely would be him not seeing me get married and have children. Like, you know, like he always would be like, you know, I want to um, see you have children, play with them. So that that factor, because I'm not that close to my mom. So my dad and I had more of a relationship, you know. So it'd be for me, the biggest thing is him not seeing me get married, not walking me down the aisle and not seeing me have children and be there for that 
and not be able to play with them. You know, I mean, yeah, I can easily tell them great stories about, you know, my, about their grandfather and speak about that. But the fact of them, him not actually being there, that's what really it hurts them. It hurts a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not trying to cause you any, any additional pain. I was just, you know, no, curious about fine. that because I, I find that I find that the same thing. My dad was there when I was married, but I, I don't have children. And I think about mm-hmm. that a lot, too. And same thing for my grandmother. I'm like, man, you know, sometimes it's like that person will always be that age. My dad was 60 and my grandmother was 78. But like I will yeah. keep growing and keep going. And so many things have changed, even down mm-hmm. to the fact that my oldest brother has five sons. And when my grandmother passed away, my the second youngest wasn't born yet. And now they had another son. And it's just to me like, wow, like they'll never, they'll never like know them in the physical. Of course, they'll know about them and certain things, but it's just sometimes, you know, you think about that. So as we start to kind of wind down here, what are some things you would want to maybe leave with our audience and also tell us us a little bit about your organization and what you have going on? Because I think it's amazing. And I just want you to share about that. Um, what I want to leave the audience is definitely allow yourself that time to grieve. Like you could be the strongest, strong-willed person, but you really need to allow yourself that time to grieve. I mean, I've had friends tell me like, you know, why are you always crying? Or, you know, like, why do you need space all the time? Like they're not like some friends that are even close to me. I'm not I'm truly understanding what I'm going through. Okay. Because obviously one, they haven't lost a parent. And two, they just don't understand that everyone grieves differently. Yeah, I'm one of the strongest people that everyone knows, but dealing with a loss is different to dealing with, you know, domestic abuse or other situations. So this is something I've never dealt with before. So obviously I feel like the weakest at this point that I've ever been in my life. I feel the most Mm. traumatized, the most hurt. So really try to block out any negative noises around you, whether it's close friends or family, and really allow yourself that time to grieve. Don't try to brush it off because... The worst thing you could do is go about living life, not dealing with it. Like my father, he was the way he was because of him having lost his mom. He lost his mom when he was 19. So he lived a life of just pain and just unhappy, really unhappy life and just turned to alcohol and cigarettes as a form of dealing with it. And that for me is living proof of what I saw him go through, of what I don't want to go through. Mm. That's what going, that's what living a life without dealing with grief looks like. So I really encourage everyone to allow that process. You know, it might not be immediately, but when you feel it and that time comes, just allow yourself to grow and just go through it. Um, In regards to women's unison movement, um, well, the whole thing is about creating a social change, doing my part in creating social change and having people like you feature um, on the website to tell their stories and really just trying to be role models for the younger generation and be that sense of support that people need because people go through so many social issues and always feel like they're alone or they want to speak up but they don't feel brave enough to do so so having people like us out there speaking up encourages them to do so encourage them to be like okay like it's not that hard like I can get out there and I can also in turn other help other people so it just creates a cycle to keep going and going and going that is awesome I loved everything that you said (laughs) even prior to talking about your movement there was it was just so much in there that I can't wait to actually listen back to the episode myself so that I can apply <laughs> what you said to to my life I mean are you sure you don't have a grief movement because it sounds like you do I think you are no. are, are, are doing an amazing job and you're offering so much love and light no. to to people with that you know it, it, when it honest, came to like, grief sorry go ahead no no you got it I was say to be honest 
going through this grief and obviously, you know, anyone that's lost someone during COVID, I feel like it's it's even harder in a way because you are social distancing. So you can't just, you know, go out and get out of the house really and go to the beach or go out with friends or whatever to kind of get your mind off it. So having been confined, confined to my house, dealing with this like alone is like one of the hardest things that I ever had to deal with. So I turned to my website and that's why I just kept hustling and just kept moving with that because I felt like that really helped me to kind of, you know, not keep busy and just forget about it, but it helped me to kind of deal with my grief in a little way, like helping other people, you know, like I'm the one that needed help, but me helping other people also helped in a way as well. So, um, yeah, that's why I've just been even more passionate about it during this time. I feel like it's definitely helped and just been a positive more than a negative, even though I am in a process of grieving. That is beautiful. I, I thank you so much for sharing that, sharing your love and light with us. You've been an amazing guest. I'll make sure that I tag you. I'll make sure that you. you know we have all the handles to follow you, your website, all of those things will be in our show notes. Before we get out of here, I want to thank our sponsors, BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. They offer virtual counseling and therapy sessions right from the comfort of your home. You can sign up with the link trybetterhelp.com forward slash the grief bully. That link will also be in the show notes. I encourage you if you are struggling, if you need that help, there are professionals out there that will help you and they'll help you from being at home. I mean, I don't know if it gets any better than that. Yeah. I want to thank you so much again for being on our episode. I'm, I'm happy we connected. I can't wait for us to grow. Guys, me too. Guys, listen, I'm always on Instagram posting so much, posting constantly. I love hanging out there. I want to encourage you to follow me at I underscore AM underscore J Nicole. Till next time, guys, you already know love and light. Peace. Mm-hmm.